welcome to the Total Car Score podcast, bringing you the world of cars from inside the car. And now your hosts, Carl Brower, Lauren Fix, and Javier Mota. Welcome back to the podcast with Carl Brower and Lauren Fix. She will be hearing later, but I'm here with Carl. And as our promo says, we bring you the world of the car from inside the car. And today, finally, Carl, where yeah. are we? We're post-pandemic. We're allowed to go actually see other people, or in this case, travel to other places where cars are. And we sit now in the all-new and highly anticipated Hyundai Santa Cruz truck, the first U.S. market open bed pickup truck being produced by Hyundai uh, North America. So we are inside the car. We're sitting I'm in it so right, happy to, to we're say sitting that. in it right now. <laughs> and more excitingly, sitting in it with us is the lead designer for this vehicle, uh, Bradley Arnold, is sitting here ready right. to talk to us about this brand new, exciting open bed pickup from Hyundai. So first Thank of all, you. please, uh, yeah, introduce yourself, Bradley. Maybe give us kind of a 30-second rundown of your, your background and what led you yeah. to a, a Hyundai truck design. So yeah, my name is uh, Brad Arnold. Um, I'm the design manager um, for this program. Uh, and myself, along with our team of, of talented young designers um, in California, designed this vehicle from sketch to, to final surface um, that you see here today and headed to production. So really excited about the program. Um, it was a, a vehicle designed with a lot of passion and excitement by the team. Uh, our lead designer was Sinan Franco. He and I worked really closely throughout the program, but countless other people that, that uh, need to be mentioned at some point. They, they just did a fantastic job, and you can see the final result is, uh, is just a really exciting product that we're really proud of. So, Bradley, one thing what Carl and we were talking about before we started talking to you is like sometimes when you see the first, the car, the first time ever, mm. and this happened to me uh with different cars including the the new corvette the c8 yep so when i saw the first in a studio like where we are here now mm. i said wow i mean that there's too much going on here and actually i was telling her i remember the joke that some people say oh now we know where the buick uh, designers went <laughs> no the pontiac <laughs> the, the pontiac, pontiac designers oh, yeah. went the, yeah. because they were trying to do too much But, I mean, I'm not saying this is the case. I'm yeah. just saying that when you see it first, it's a surprise, obviously, right. first, because this is completely new, different. Right. Right. But, I mean, I'm, I'm just so looking forward to seeing it in the wild. Like, well, yeah. and, and the element. A, we were saying there's an acclimation period. Anytime yeah. you yeah. see a new designer, as a designer, I'm sure you're acutely aware of this, that yeah. if, you, if you think, if you base your long-term opinion on a car from your first impression of a car, right. it's probably not healthy because almost everyone I know... Yeah. A car grow very rarely does a car. Do you like a car less over time? Almost always, you like a car more over time. Right. No matter how much you liked it the first time, whether you hated it or you loved it, yeah. over time you like it even more. Um, and I'm not. I think Javier said he wasn't. He thinks it's cool looking, but kind of a little weird. I have no reservations. I think yeah. the car looks fabulous. Yeah. First impression of this Hyundai Santa Cruz. I think it looks fabulous. But I I can see what what Javier saying yeah, it's is yeah. different. It's unconventional. It's a very well, I, unconventional looking truck. But yeah. to me, in a very cool way, and I like it. Mm. But but you know, tell us your take on kind of the design theme. Well, one, I, I completely agree with the sentiment. There are designs, even internally, designs that we work on that that um, you know we see all the designs that are in competition before the car that gets produced, right? And there's a, oftentimes where you think either it's from your studio or other studios where you think, man, I, I wish we would have gone with that one, you know? And the one that we selected, maybe that's not my favorite because, 
and maybe a lot of times it's also personal because it's the one that we created. It's like, man, I think ours should have won. But uh, ultimately, even cars internally, cars will grow on me over time. And you think, man, I, I wasn't so sure at first, but now seeing it on the road, this is a yeah. beautiful design. This right. is something that, and, and oftentimes, if it does make you uncomfortable at first, that's likely a good thing because it's making, it's, it's, it shows that the design team was pushing. Right. You know? And that's the other thing I've heard is that it should not, you shouldn't just be so happy and comfortable with it. That means, yeah. well, they didn't, they didn't push any boundaries if right. you're immediately comfortable with the right. design. Yeah. You and have I'm, to have a, a wow factor, right? It's got to be a visceral. There's yeah. got to be some tension. Yes. I'd rather people have a visceral reaction to this, even if it's, I obviously my desire as the design team uh, manager would be for that everyone loves it, but right. that's not realistic, right? Um, but I'd rather it be polarizing and for some people to love it. Yes. Especially at Hyundai, I feel that our brand does its best work when things are slightly polarizing. I agree. I think if we design just nice looking vehicles, it gets forgotten. I if we design products that people stand out, even if a certain percentage really don't like it and have a visceral reaction to it in a negative manner, that's better in my opinion um, than than having everyone feel okay about it. That doesn't that doesn't move product and it doesn't get people excited about the brand. Agree. So this is in that category for me. I'm okay with uh, sustaining a few people's opinions. Yeah. Are like, oh, I don't know, you know, versus other groups that will love it because it is polarizing and because it is interesting and it shows that we are pushing. I want to say something. Yeah. I'm starting from the front of the truck. Yeah. I love that grill with oh, those great. LED. Right. Hidden lights. I mean, yeah. that thing is like so unique. Yeah. And like so distinctive. Like, I mean, anybody who's going to see that, mm -hmm. they're going to remember that. Okay, that's the, the Santa Cruz. Yeah, distinct, that's a great word. Distinctive was something that we were really pushing for in, in both front and rear end, just graphics. Forget about the overall form language for a second, but if we just look at the graphics, the lighting graphics, we wanted to make sure you immediately understand this is not a traditional open bed. Yeah. Not a traditional truck, right? So we're using this term sport adventure vehicle. I acknowledge that people are going to call it whatever they want to call it, right? You're going to have people call it truck. You did that as well. Mm -hmm. That's fine. You can call it whatever you want. Santa Cruz needs to look distinctive, and we need to embrace the fact that it is not a traditional pickup. And we want to make sure that even just the graphics, like you mentioned, first impression is like, wow, even at night, I know that's not a traditional pickup. Mm -hmm. That's something different, something new. And luckily, we had a lot of uh, something to, to evolve in the Sonata, like this hidden lamp technology, right? Like shining through a piece that looks metallic. Um, I loved that idea on the Sonata. It's evolved onto a couple other vehicles, obviously the Tucson, which you guys are, are looking at right now as well. Um, so it, it, we wanted it to have a familial resemblance to those vehicles, mm -hmm. but do it in a much, you know, tougher, more sort of purpose-built form language. Um, it, so yeah, that, I appreciate that. It's a great design cue. I, I think what you've described, everything you just said, Brad, is mm -hmm. exactly right. It's distinctive, it's neat looking, it's cool looking, it makes a statement, it ha feels like mm -hmm. more of a kind of rough and tumble adventuresome right. look, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not easy, you know, I would say, maybe you, maybe you can confirm or deny, but to me, you don't necessarily think of um, rugged and high tech Yep. as synonymous things or parable characteristics. Right. And I feel like you did that with this car and certainly the front grille. Yeah, one thing, you, and you saw it in the video, but one thing we, we constantly were repeating our overall kind of uh, design concept was this idea of duality. It was this and that. Mm -hmm. And this vehicle is a truck and an SUV. This mm -hmm. vehicle is 
tough and modern and alluring, right? Mm-hmm. It can be both. Yeah. And I think traditionally, when we think of tough, we think of a certain kind of form factor and form language and, and overall aesthetic and impression. Mm-hmm. And then we think of like modern, sleek, sexy. Mm-hmm. It's over here. It's a different form factor. And we had a lot of imagery on the wall, even in the color and trim department that was, you know, their, their focus was on the color and the materials, but a lot of the imagery that they put up embodied this idea of like, it can be both those things, yes. this and, you know, yeah. and, and it, it permeates not just the, the overall design, the silhouette, the form language, but on down to the details and the function that the tonneau cover offers both open and closed storage. Mm-hmm. We, we had a lot of imagery of both like work and play scenarios. So everything became this duality of, of contrast, you know. So let's talk a little bit more about that. We're obviously, as we said, sitting in the cabin. Mm-hmm. And if you look only forward, I mean, yeah. you can just think that you're like in a luxurious SUV. Right, right. right. And then you yeah. look at the truck. So like uh, the the a cargo bed or I don't know mm-hmm. what your face name. You don't want yeah. to call it a truck, right? So, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's but, a bed. Yeah, open yeah. bed. Yeah. But let, let's talk about that, like how distinctive both sides are. Like, tell us about the... Yeah, I mean, definitely details. as you go to the rear of the vehicle, it's the area of function, right? It's, it's um, you know, so, someone earlier said it was like the car was like a mullet and it made me laugh because it's like, yeah, you're <laughs> yeah. right. It's kind of sleek and, and modern in the front. And then you get around to the rear and we didn't want to... The vehicle is, has a small footprint. So that drives both the overall footprint, but it does drive the bed size. And we don't want to shy away from that. We want to embrace... Yeah, guys, it's shorter than other truck beds on the market. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that what do you get in return? You get a lot of other positives. Um, but even if it is a short bed at just over four feet, we want to maximize capability and maximize. So all the important things, we check those boxes, carrying mountain bikes, carrying potted plants, carrying all these different objects that are standard objects that people expect to be able to get into a a bed. You can do all those things, including four by eight sheets of material, plywood, uh, drywall. So a really creative use of, of engineering, um, uh, from our engineers to figure out solutions that how can a four foot bed still be maximized and you can provide a really flat, stable load floor to put four by eight sheets of material. Cause I think that's one thing that comes up when you talk about like an, any open bed, but especially if it's got a small bed, they're like, well, you can't carry this, you know, and we can, and you can do it safely and, and securely. So, um, but from a design perspective, trying to get all that function into a design that looks different right. and not so utilitarian was a challenge, but it's one that we, you know, I think did very well. Yeah, no, I think you did. And, um, you know, uh, I think we're going to have to go to the next segment now because I want to tell a quick story yeah. about design and truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it relates to a former Hyundai uh, employee that you may or may not know. So oh, uh, we'll come back from the, <laughs> from the from the break here. And uh, I'll go into that a little bit just because I think it'll it'll resonate with what we've been saying. Awesome. Yeah. So what I was saying before the break was I, I heard a story probably 20 years ago now that maybe, yeah, about 20 years ago, I heard a story from a from a former Hyundai employee named Chris Hosford, who before okay. he was at Hyundai, he worked at uh Chrysler back when it was still mm. Chrysler before pre-FCA. <laughs> all, the, mm. all the different yeah, names. Yeah, in the 90s. <laughs> still and yeah. he was there when they came out, when they were coming out with the all-new 94 Ram. It was still mm. called the Dodge Ram back then. Right. It was still a Dodge truck called the right. Ram model. Right. As opposed to a different division called Ram. And he described, I thought, in a very fascinating way that mm. now makes total sense to me, mm. 20 years later, the more I've learned about the industry, of how they had three different designs for the new Ram. Mm-hmm. And one of them, and they ran it through focus groups, mm-hmm. and one of them 
was uh, like two of them were basically they said for every 10 people that looked at it it was like uh six people liked it two people hated it and one person was uh no i think it was i think it was three people liked it two people hated it and the rest were kind of neutral kind of neutral right and then the other design was i mean one two or three designs but one of the three designs was four people loved it four people hated it and two people were neutral it was the one that was the most polarizing right and all the designers were like, that's the one we got to do. And all the brass yeah. were nervous. They were like, but half the people right. hated it. And the designers were like, yeah. And half the people loved it. And what they finally used as the argument yeah. was, guys, we are not a, even a blip on the radar of truck sales. This is in the 90s. Yeah. Compared to the F-150 and mm-hmm. the Silverado, yeah, nobody was buying a Ram. Yeah, and they nobody. said, we need to do something to mm-hmm. get people to people interest. To talk about, at least. And <laughs> yeah. so they introduced the 94 Ram. And I'll never forget this, because at the time, I remember I was I never have and wasn't back then particularly a truck guy. I remember going to the Dodge dealership to look at this thing in person mm-hmm. after I'd seen I, well, you know, I was yeah. pre I, I was still in uh, pre, pre-career, so I was not able to go to auto shows and stuff like mm-hmm. that. As a private citizen, I went to the local Dodge dealer so I could look and I sat in I remember being like this thing's cool and I wasn't even a truck guy and it's like I'd like to get one of these things and of course the Ram passed the Silverado in volume sales in like 2018 yeah Yeah. you know so that was again last year I think yeah yeah and that was so basically that was what it all started that process started in 94 Mm -hmm. when they went totally aggressive on styling and totally yeah. unconventional on right. truck styling to finally make a splash in a marketplace that was very used to subdued truck styling from mm. all three of the brand players and Ram was way in the third distance behind uh, Silverado and F-150. So again, I appreciate polarizing design yeah. that makes people stop and look. Whether they love it or hate it, at least they're stopping and looking right. at it. Yeah, our, our, of course, you know, you, like I said earlier, you want everyone, the, the unanimous decision to be like, it's gorgeous, we right. love it, right? I mean, but um, that not being a realistic goal, I at least would settle for, I can tell that they're pushing for something new, you yeah. know? And like I said, for Hyundai, I think that's more crucial than it is for maybe for other brands. Okay. We have to do something that's, that's uh, unique to us. Um, you know, we've been describing our our brand lineup as a, as a uh, chess pieces, right? They all have a family resemblance, but you can tell that they have individual characters. Mm-hmm. And I want this to stand out amongst those characters, right? Mm-hmm. An already very diverse lineup. What does our vehicle say about the way that you should use it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was important for us to have a lot of that duality and contrast. Um, like I said, influence not just the silhouette, the form of the, of the vehicle. There's lots of, lots of soft, full, powerful volumes, mm-hmm. but then they're complemented by really sharp, precise edges you yes. know so there's a lot of contrast even in just the bends of the sheet metal mm-hmm. um but but it also goes all the way down to the details as you said the front very high tech but somehow tough looking at the same time yeah um so yeah that so was, that was going the back to that process of where you were like pitching ideas or mm-hmm. like uh things that you're gonna do uh, yeah. what's the pro- the thing that makes you proud more proud of, about this truck like something that you push really hard for it and it's reality now oh that's a good question that's a good question. You know what? I think that it's not represented on this model today, but what we push really hard on is the incorporation of accessories. Because as a, as a corporation... Well, Hyundai is known for that. Like, yeah. Hyundai and all the cars, that, that's like one of the keys of success, right? For the right. whole brand. And mm-hmm. But we want to make that more, uh, you know, on a vehicle like this, you would expect, okay, I want to buy f- bigger fender cloudings. I want to put a roof rack on it. Oh, I want to do a, a rack for the bikes. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you would expect that 
I can customize it and make it look like how I want to look, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm the the desert guy or the surfer girl or the home improvement person, you know, whatever your personality is, you would expect that on this canvas, you could illustrate that lifestyle. And we don't really have, you know, we've got SUVs obviously, but we didn't have like an adventure vehicle necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that was important to us to be pushing that. Um, so we were, you know, more so than normal because typically you finish the design and then we talk about accessories right mm -hmm. now you can't do that on this you got to be talking about it during the development well, of the yeah so that, oh, all, no. so, that say, so that it so that it so that it uh integrates that you can it integrate these things yeah. yes and there's other accessories that are not common to what we already do right we do a lot of suv accessories we do roof racks all the, the sort of stuff that you would expect you can buy um but but beyond that it was like look i want to get power to the roof i want to put driving lights on i want a roof basket i want all these different things mm -hmm. um because the customer will want those things we got to push um gopro mounts little little things that we we found would be uh unique to this vehicle um so that that's something that i'm proud of because it was a pain in the butt at times to to discuss those things at a stage when we're not typically used to discussing yeah. it right we yeah always very early yeah right. so um I was going to ask you, but he kind of did, you know, like what was the hardest part of the mm. design element during the design process? What was the biggest single challenge that you had to overcome a taillight shape window integration all like that? Mm. Was there any component of it that you felt you kind of kept you up at night for a couple of days or a couple of yeah. weeks? Like, how yeah. are we going to make this look the way we want it to anything? like That's that? That's a fascinating yeah. part of the whole process. Yeah. I've talked to other designers and other yeah. brands and they always tell us like, we want this line like two millimeters sharper. Right. They're like, right. No, 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 no. The money yeah. people say no. We yeah, or, the, or the engineers so, or the engineers so say you can't do the yeah. first, the first, uh, sports adventure yeah. vehicle is the official yep. name. Yeah. What was that moment when you say so, like, I want this and people yeah. were saying, oh, you can have it. And then you won. Yeah, um, I would say not not necessarily fights with other departments, but the biggest challenge that required iterations yeah. along the spectrum was the angle of the the C pillar, okay. because that oh. defines trucks are vertical, right? And they're yeah. vertical for a reason because you have the separation between the cabin and the bed. Um, but you know, other vehicles that were uh, unibody uh, trucks had different angles and sometimes those are a bit more polarizing but we were trying to look for the best balance we had ones that were faster than this to really clearly communicate that this is not a traditional truck it's something different but then you got to ride the fine line between you want to at first glance know what it's used for you want to at first glance know that there's a truck bed back there and if you pull the line all the way to the back of the bed well then you're kind of confused like what yeah. what is it what do i can i put stuff back there right so that was one thing that required lots of different iterations we had really extreme things that went from the cabin all the way to the, the tailgate mm -hmm. a big fast line and then we had ones that were more deliberately upright and we felt that what we landed on offered a communication to the customer or any person viewing the vehicles that drove by okay it's obvious that there's a, a bed back there and it's usable and i can put stuff back there mm -hmm. but it looks sporty it looks dynamic it looks light it looks you know aggressive okay um so that that was an area of contention it seems simple but the angle of that if you change it five degrees changes a lot and then the front end i think you know you mentioned it feeling high tech but getting it to feel strong as well like that mm -hmm. big grill frame through the middle of the bumper um, I actually have to give our, our global design chief saying up credit on that one because we had the front end theme basically how it looks now But he was coming through the studio like no bigger thicker It got it has to look strong in this at least in this one area okay. Then you can be delicate around the lights right the high-tech areas right. um, So quick iteration back and forth with our global leader and it got basically the proportions that you see here today Which is is bold, but as you said high-tech, you know, so for the record 
I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm yeah, saying yeah. like it surprised me. Yeah, good. In a good way. And right. again, I want to say it in the wild. Yeah. We're here in Tucson, Arizona mm -hmm. for another new product from Hyundai, right. the Tucson, mm -hmm. that we have uh, known for a while. So in the next segment, we're going to talk to Lauren, who is arriving here in Tucson tomorrow. So Carl will leave. I'll mm. stay here. So it's a kind of a transition, a transition for our podcast. But uh, I'm really glad that we were able to have you here. Have you here, Carl, inside the car yeah. in the same place. Mm. Uh, so this is a step closer to the normal. Yeah, <laughs> the way normal we want to do this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Right. So thank you very much, Bradley. And thank I can, you. I'm, I'm really looking forward for the first chance to drive it. And I guess since we're here in Tucson for the Tucson, we're going to be in Santa Cruz for Santa Cruz, right? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a good place to go. I'm happy we go up there. Thank yeah, you very absolutely. much. Thank you, and, uh, guys. Appreciate we'll it. talk to you yeah. soon. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. We're back here in the show and uh, still in Tucson, Arizona. And Lauren is here and Carl is gone. So Carl went off to test drive and I just got back. So we were taking yeah. turns. So yesterday we talked about the newest uh, product from Hyundai, which is Santa Cruz. But now your turn is going to talk about the new... Um, the new Tucson. Because yes, exactly. we're in Tucson. Where are we? Tucson, yeah. Tucson and Tucson. <laughs> well, I've done it before. Confused, they've done yeah. Kona and Kona. So like, exactly. as long as it's not like Afghanistan or something, I know it could be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we are with Trevor Light, who is the product manager for this uh, SUV, which is the fourth generation, right? Yes, correct. And uh, I have a little story. When we were in Germany for the World Cup in 2006, we rented a car because we were in the in the International Broadcasting Center for like four weeks, like in a room with no windows. And then like the first time we <laughs> had like two torture. days. Sounds like torture. We had like two days off. We rented a car and by chance was a Tucson from uh, 2006. So that would have been first generation? I think that would have been the end of, near the end of the first generation. Yeah, exactly. So so we said, like, where do we go? And we were in, in Munich. So from Munich, you can go two hours to the Czech Republic. You can go two hours to France. You could go, I mean, almost anywhere. So we did in two days, we did six countries, five people. Oh <laughs> my God. It was amazing. Oh. It was an amazing trip. And we all remember that because of that. But now, when I, I drove it today, you're going to drive it tomorrow and you can tell us later about it. But uh, I mean, the car is it's just incredible. I mean, it has so much stuff, so much technology design. Uh, so you've seen it, Lauren. So oh, what, yeah. what are your first impressions of all this? Well, the first thing is you when you look at when you're looking at the vehicle, it looks different, and it mm -hmm. has some really creative touches. Like I noticed right away the daytime running lights. They're hidden. Mm, they're hidden. Yep. Love right. that. That Love is that. so cool because mm -hmm. everyone's got to have it in your face because it started way back when when Audi had to make a little announcement yes. with, and then everyone kind of is evolved from that, and now mm -hmm. it's like really creative to say, we don't have to be in your face. We're going to make it really creative. And I, I think that's going to be a yes. big attention getter for buyers. It will be. And when you, get, when you get the chance to drive the vehicle tomorrow, you're going to have lots of other uh, Tucsons in the convoy, right? Look in your rearview mirror and take a look at that as you're driving down the road. So if you think it's impressive now, just when it's even it's on the road, you can imagine other people looking at it. What what what, what is, is that? that? Yeah, that's you good know, though. Like, you want people to know what that that's is. That's right. Exactly. Absolutely. I think that's one of the of the many 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 good things that Hyundai is doing, especially in design. That uh, for a while, maybe ten. I mean, maybe that 2006 first edition, first well, generation. It's a big change from today. <laughs> was not very distinctable. Like you will see, like it will look like anything else. Now you with that just that feature. 
is going to tell you, okay, I know that you know, right now. Absolutely. For those who like the, the, know they can look at the cars coming at them and identify them. Right away. Right away. That's good. So I, the interior really blew me away. It was not what you would expect. We've driven literally everything. <clears throat> well, when you look at the interior, it really is different. What was the thought process in making it that different? I mean, that's a big departure. It really is. And when we take a look at the exterior that we just talked about, if it's so iconic on the outside, we would hate to have it really generic on the inside, right? We wouldn't yeah, want people point. to say, oh, we spent all the money on the outside, you ran out of money and spent it on the inside, right? And a funny story, actually, during development of the interior, we wanted to make it so premium and so exclusive that uh, when the designers got done with it and it actually got through uh, the bean counters, we actually took a look in product plan and like, you spent how much on the interior? Okay. But that's where you live. I tell people that all the time. That's right. You buy for the exterior, but you live in the, live in the interior. Right. And that's something that you enjoy every single day. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we talk about this all the time. About, and, and then one of the things that I, I review, when I review cars, I get these categories. It's always seating. It's, it's, yeah. I keep telling people. Lumbar. Well, <laughs> I know. I wouldn't last because I've gotten so many manufacturers to put lumbar on both sides now because I'm constantly hammering on it. But, it, you know, no matter how cool the car looks, and it mm -hmm. looks amazing. Mm -hmm. like such, if you're not comfortable, it doesn't yeah, work. It, yeah, it doesn't make difference because you'll hate the car. You know, I bought the car because it's the coolest looking thing. And they're like, oh, it's so uncomfortable. And then there's a lot of cars out there on the market mm -hmm. that fit that description, as we all know. It does. Yep. Yeah, but, so but you've done a great you are, job. It really you. looks good. You were telling the story about the bean counters and like the product planners and the designers. And I mean, to me, that's a fascinating process because, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you can call them fights, but that discussion will <laughs> be very, very tense at some points, right? Like, oh, you want what? Oh, you know how much that's going to cost you? Yeah, and absolutely. You, and you share some of that. We can't actually that, uh, build that. Yeah. <laughs> that behind the scenes uh, story. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we always have to to get together on and prioritize, okay, what's more important, design? It's like, well, if we give up, this, give up this one design thing on the outside, you can do this one design thing on the inside you want. And then that really makes a designer's think. And I like to see them ring their wrist a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I think it was interesting they let you get away with it because I hate to put it that way, but you know how they are. They're like, well, we have to look at costs. What are we using? Are we sharing platforms? You know, where's the technology share? So right. how, did, how were you able to create such a unique interior? I don't think it's unique. I think it's modern and sophisticated, which is really cool. And distinctive. And it's, it's one of those things for us where, yes, we do share um, a, a lot of our components, right? But let's not share the components that people are actually looking at. If you share an engine, you're not really seeing yeah. it. Right. If you share things like wire harnesses that aren't sexy at all. No one no one's gonna software know, yeah you know I mean? but what people can see is going to be the design exterior interior and to some degree some of the uh the features that we have in the vehicle as well so uh, the other thing is that uh, all this effort and uh, resources that i have put in this car is for a reason because now this is the most popular vehicle for him right? in, in the u.s or in general in, uh, the, in the, the u.s world? it's definitely the most popular i'm not too certain about the other markets necessarily but for now you know tucson's uh, taking its uh, taking the place as the volume leader for the hyundai brand in the united states so all the more important for us to to get it right uh you've seen some of that uh here in tucson and uh especially after you, you go on the drive i think you're you definitely will, will feel that some more and you're gonna get it right three times because it's gasoline hybrid and plug-in hybrid right that's right We're and doing an inline Oh, and then like and four times. I, I, I'm always thinking performance, yeah. That's right. We have a lot of different flavors now of, of, our, of our new Tucson. Mm -hmm. And in and hybrid and plug-in hybrids, historically, you know, they've, they've been relegated to compact cars or mm -hmm. a, an experience that wasn't, it's been kind of compromised. Muted. We saw, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then now we're looking forward into, you know, what, what does the American consumer want, right? We're going into a world of crossovers. People want crossovers and SUVs, so why not meld that kind of powertrain with great fuel economy 
into a crossover. And we've done that in spades, I think, by not only having one electrified variant, but two as well. So also, is the most popular vehicle for um, Hyundai now here in the States. And because of the price range, I mean, like Hyundai has always been very aggressive in that, including a lot of technology, a lot of say, um, standard features and all that. And always competing really, really hard, like in a good way um, for the consumer, where like where the pricing, right? So the pricing is surprising. Can, tell, yeah, us, tell, us tell us the pricing, it'll that? blow people away. Right, the great thing about Tucson is we have a lot of great standard features for collision avoidance. Uh, with uh, pedestrian detection, for example, it's standard. And that's all included in the base price of $24,950. And we realize, of course, in this segment, you're gonna find two types of buyers, right? You're gonna find younger buyers who may be, uh, for the first time, in their first new car. So they're gonna want that value, they want the most bang for the buck. And we have a great selection of um, uh, Tucson's in our SE and SEL trims for that type of customer. The other type of customer we've been finding uh, with our last generation Tucson and also in the subcompact SUV space is uh, the world of empty nesters. More and more are coming into retirement yeah. age. Mm -hmm. They want more um, uh, visibility out, so you want a higher riding position. Right. They also want easier ingress and egress, and we deliver that to them, right? The tailgate, for example, we have three pre-selected heights just for the power tailgate. That, that's uh, good for a lot system. of reasons though. Absolutely, <laughs> or you can set your own custom height if right. you want to. So all of these things that we've taken a look into, we try to hit um, all ends of the market to have broadest appeal. Mm -hmm. So um, are you responsible also in some way for Santa Cruz or not? Not at all? Yeah, so my product planning responsibilities here at uh, Hyundai Motor America include vehicles such as Kona, Kona Electric, Tucson and its electrified variants, and N-Line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you'll be hearing more about Kona N as well, so mm -hmm. stay tuned for more information mm -hmm. on that. Um, Santa Fe, Santa Cruz, and also Palisades. So it's quite, wow, uh, that's quite a, a large span that's of, of SUVs and, and vehicles here. So Kona won. SUV of the year for Nacto yeah, a couple we'll years ago. That's right. Palisade was really short of winning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it uh, should have. It's a good one. It's and good. this year, this year potentially, you can have the Santa Cruz. Ooh, and the Tucson. And the Tucson, so yeah, no pressure. One in truck and one in SUV. <laughs> exactly, there you go. And it's he, happened before. <laughs> that's right, that's right. You're absolutely right. If the heat is on. And, and here, here at Hyundai, you know, we're not all about just winning awards. We want to deliver the best vehicle we can yeah. for our consumers. And I really think that... Uh, that the public will agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the most popular car for a reason. I mean, like people are, are buying it because, again, all the the, fit, the, the safety features, the dis now the designer has the to say. The price point, too. The price point mm -hmm. and, and that packaging of everything in one price, like no hassle, like this is what it is. And I think when I whenever I get a new car uh, from and I read the Maroon, like Hyundai always has like, 37 lines of included, included, included. Which Everything. is smart. Yes. Everything is all in. But you know what else? You also have maintenance. You should talk about that because the maintenance and the best warranty because that's one of the things yeah. I think is such a huge selling point. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things we introduced most recently was our th comprehensive uh, three-year uh, maintenance program for uh, all new Hyundai vehicles. It doesn't matter if uh, you get an accent, you get a Palisade. It's, you know, three-year maintenance. Um, additionally, uh, we're also looking at, you know, America's best warranty. That's something we prided ourselves on now for, I think, getting close to 20 years now, right? Um, for that particular warranty. And, and the best warranty you can have, of course, is the one that you never use. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. And so for but us... The maintenance is good because you get people coming back to the dealers to see the new cars. See the new cars, exactly. Keep, keep people in, coming into the dealers from that, for that traffic. So you mentioned the, the lowest price is at 24 or something. So what's the most you can, people can spend on a highly loaded, equipped, loaded yeah. everything? Well, we're talking about different powertrains as well. No, right? I know. So, like, 
So if you're looking at, at a gasoline variant, you're still looking at a mid, mid $30,000 range. So it becomes something that's a good proposition no matter which end of the spectrum that you're that's looking at. Or even the middle, for example. Yeah. And that's, for, that's all wheel drive. Yes, you know what, all-wheel drive is a, a, a good point because our H-Track all-wheel drive system is standard with our hybrid and plug-in hybrid variants. So uh, when you get one of those, it's completely standard. It's all included. Is there as much demand for front-wheel drive on the gasoline-powered? I'm just curious because it seems like a lot of manufacturers are saying it's all all-wheel drive. That's the only way we're selling it. Right. In the, in the market today, in this segment, you're looking at about a 50-50 mix, roughly. Really? A little bit higher for some OEMs, a little bit lower for some OEMs, but you kind of average out at about a 50-50 mix. So time frame when they're going to sell, uh, because obviously always the, the plug-in hybrid goes a little bit later, right? So. You would think, right? But what we've done with the oh. Tucson, the hybrid's New. on sale today. The gasoline variant is on sale today. Um, wow. The plug-in variant, that'll be coming a little bit later in the summer, and we're, we're getting pretty close to uh, putting that one into production. And then the end line's later on in the year. Later on, uh, yes, I think that'll be early summer for the end line. So we're really looking forward to that one also. So a lot question, of great sporty elements in are that we going to have a hydrogen version? Or is that kind of <laughs> I'm just asking because I think it's a great idea. Yeah, our hydrogen solution right now is it was the, one, the Hyundai, right? Hyundai Nexo. Yep. Right. And that was the first commercial uh, SUV uh, yeah. hyd fuel cell hydrogen vehicle that we have. Mm -hmm. And uh, that one's been selling really well. It's kind of like our technological showcase. It parks itself, for example, pulls into a little parking spot, manage your return if you have to. And the, what we've done with the Tucson platform is we have that modularity. You can put a, a full battery electric vehicle um, mm. solution in that platform. We've done, of course, we just talked about the gas, the hybrid and plug-in, but you could also do, for example, put in a, a fuel cell system in that platform. The modularity is key to, to to our success, I think, and it'll let us have that flexibility to attend to different different market needs as, as need be. Well, I mean, thank you for the opportunity and all the information, I think it's great. And um, I think more importantly, as you said, consumers are gonna really benefit from all that, what you guys Absolutely. are doing from your work. I agree, yep. yep. And so we're in Tucson, 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 Tucson. Tucson. <laughs> Don't maybe, ask me to say Tuki and the bird. Oh, <laughs> maybe. There you go. So I guess we're going to see you in Santa Cruz, California. Sometime uh, soon. I'll be there as well. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Very well. That's good. So like I said, good thing it's not like Kazakhstan or something. Yeah. <laughs> what day Kazakhstan? Do we have to go there? Really? Or Antarctica. Like, oh, no, well, we're going to do it down there. Yeah. We, we never went to Veracruz. Oh, that's true. We never went to Veracruz. That would one, work. One day. That would work. Yeah. <laughs> maybe when you it, have become, a, a day, a lot maybe when it becomes a classic, we go in there. I mean, yeah. more like Tahiti, Bora Bora. Yeah, like that, that, that works. Know, hey. That works, but that would be a strange name on a car. It might be. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Trevor. Thank you, Lauren. And uh, hopefully soon we'll really will be the three of us together for Looking a full show. To it. Thank you for your time, Trevor. Appreciate thank it. You. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. For more, check us out online at TotalCarscore.com.